Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 159 of the podcast for October 16th, 2012. We have a returning guest today. He is Dr. John Toussaint, the founder and CEO of the ThetaCare Center for Healthcare Value based out of Appleton, Wisconsin. He's the author of two outstanding books. The first was On the Mend, and the second was titled Potent Medicine. So today we're going to be talking primarily about a new report that came out from the Institute of Medicine back in September. And that report was titled Best Care at Lower Cost, The Path to Continuously Learning Healthcare in America. So John's going to summarize that report, um, the role he played in helping review that report and give some input. And he's also going to talk about some of the things that we need to do to improve healthcare, not just in the U.S., but around the world. So if you're interested to dig more into that report before or after you listen to this, I'll have a bunch of links if you go to leanblog.org 159 to the Institute of Medicine website. You can listen or you can read the whole PDF uh, free. You can see their summary document. You can see a lot of the data and charts um, to help put this um, into context for the discussion today. So as always, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Let me know if you have any feedback. You can email me at mark at leanblog.org. Well, John, as always, it's great to talk to you, and thanks for being a guest again on the podcast. Great to be here, Mark. Thank you. So we're going to talk mostly today about uh, a new report, a recent report from the IOM, the Institute of Medicine, that um, some of the listeners may have heard of or at least seen some of the headlines in the news, and we've got a great chance um, today with John to delve a little bit deeper. You know, the headlines included things like, you know, an estimated $750 billion a year in wasteful health care spending um, in the United States. Um, John, you, uh, we, we can talk about the report and, and the role you played in reviewing and, and giving input to it. How, how would you summarize some of the key points, that the high-level summary of the report and what it shows? Well, I think... Uh I think they got it mostly right, I guess would be my first comment. Um, you know, they talk about the fact that our outcomes are, are not acceptable, which I agree with. Um, they also talk about the fact that par uh, one of the main problems is that we don't have a continuously learning healthcare uh, environment in our hospitals and clinics, which I agree with. And then they uh, actually talk about some of the potential, um, you know, countermeasures or experiments, uh, solutions to, to the problems, and uh, many of them revolve around, you know, building a culture of continuous improvement, uh, using focused tools like uh, are are part of the uh, lean methodology to um, to begin to change our uh, operations, and and so I think I think those things are all right on. Yeah, and you know the report talks about you know cost, um, you know, the quality problems, patient safety issues. Uh, IOM their their big report on uh, the quality chasm and, and healthcare problems was what twelve years ago, right? And uh, it seemed like we we're still. We, we, would you agree? I mean, we still have uh, the same problem that we're facing today, just around uh, quality and patient safety. Yeah, we haven't. I don't think we've made any significant progress in uh, since uh, 99, 2000. I think that uh, it is it is uh, if you look at the HHS study that was published in 2010, it shows about 15,000 Medicare beneficiaries per month are dying in part or whole to 
related to um, um, you know errors. So we haven't made any progress, and 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 I think that this report is a deeper uh, dive into why that is, um, and it, it really does get back to this problem that we don't have a system that supports the real-time identification of problems and those problems being solved every day on the front line. And that's what they're trying to do here is to describe what that system might look like and uh, both from a cultural perspective and a, and a um, tool perspective and otherwise. Yeah, so we, we can talk about some of those solutions. You know, the, the report doesn't just identify, you know, state a problem statement. There's, um, you know, technology, culture, different practices. Um, do, do, do you feel like the things that they recommended as, as we go through those um, are, are a good, generally a good path? How, how do you find the balance between the technology approaches versus, um, you know, practices like lean and, and the culture that's associated with it? Well, I, I, I was slightly disappointed in the fact that there was a lot of uh, description in the report of, you know, using the um, technology as kind of the answer to this, some of these problems. I mean, you know, we've been at uh, electronic health records and data warehousing for uh, well over 15 years now at AdaCare, and, um, you know, we certainly have learned that that's not the answer to delivering 100% reliability in patient outcomes, um, that it's much more uh, related to the processes and the management system and the leadership behaviors uh, in organizations rather than the actual technology. And uh, the technology is a tool, just like uh, calculating tack time is a tool, um, but uh, it's not the answer to, it's not the solution to creating reliable healthcare outcomes. And um, so, you know, I think in the in the later uh, chapters of this report, they they talk more about the leadership commitment to creating a continuous improvement uh, culture and those sorts of things. To me, those are the those are the chapters we ought to be reading. And uh, uh, you know, everybody knows about IT and EMRs and all the rest of this stuff. And and uh, you know, there's a lot of problems with that. And uh, what we need to be focused on is is creating standard work at the bedside and for senior management and following that standard work and improving that standard work and, and getting to this theoretical limit of zero infections and zero errors and as Paul O'Neill talks about it. Yeah, and, and it's, real, it's always tempting to think of technology as a solution. I mean, you know, to, to listeners who might have, you know, just a, a manufacturing and industry background, um, you know, I, I see parallels. You know, a company buys a modern... ERP system for accounting and inventory management and customer record management doesn't mean that manufacturing company is going to be any more efficient than they were without the ERP. The ERP is sort of some of the the, the foundation and nuts and bolts of, of just being able to run things, but it doesn't mean you're going to be even you know lean. You know the ERP often fights against lean. Um, can can you think of an example that that you can share? You may have people who aren't familiar with this problem of you know how an electronic medical record or or software in, in health T for health in, in healthcare IT for all of the promise and hype about it. What are some ways that it actually doesn't help make things better or gets in the way? Well, you know when we uh, worked on our activity in the inpatient redesign uh, 
uh, area, which was uh, the collaborative care units that uh, Theta Care has uh, uh, really become famous for. One of the biggest barriers to uh, creating information flow was uh, sort of ironically the electronic health record. Um, it had to be redesigned in a way that could support the uh, the actual clinical process redesign. And so the, the nurses couldn't get at information that they needed from uh, different parts of the record. Uh, we couldn't get at information from the outpatient part of the record for medica medication reconciliation because there were firewalls between the inpatient and the outpatient. And so when we, you know, when we designed the new clinical care process to be one piece flow for the patient, the actual electronic component uh, of that process wasn't one piece flow at all. There were many barriers. So we had to work with the, with the engineers um, to the engineers for the electronic health record to basically redesign the health record to actually support the new clinical care process. And it was interesting that, you know, we have all these barriers within our thinking and our process, but actually it was the electronic barriers that, uh, that uh, were some of our biggest headaches. Yeah, and so when we talk about you know technology and 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 process and systems, one one thing that I'd highlighted you know going through the report here, there's a there's a short phrase where it says you know the authors of the report um, found that the the learning and adoption of of practices such as good hand washing and even the adoption of new techniques and drugs was what they said you know was maddeningly slow. Um, what what were you, some of your thoughts about? I mean, does that all come back to things like um, you know, le leadership, commitment, and and culture, or are there are there some other other things in the report that talk about how to help this learning or this continuous learning take place? Well, I think the other thing that I wish would have been a little bit more um, uh, strong was this concept of development of standard work. Um, I've visited 115 hospitals in 11 countries in the last seven and a half years, and uh, almost every one of them, I find lack of any standard work. And of course, you know, Deming 101 is stabilize, standardize, improve. So if we don't have any standard work in place, how can we improve anything? And um, so we get these best practices coming out of you know scientific literature which have proven that certain things work. Um, and because there's no focus on standard work, um, these things take years to actually apply. So let me give you an example. I mean, let's go back to the collaborative care and patient redesign work. Within that <laughs> redesign was embedded the what we call the Milliman guidelines, which are evidence-based guidelines for specific disease states like pneumonia and congestive heart failure and heart attack and those sorts of things. And so what we did was we actually embedded those clinical evidence-based guidelines in the standard work for all the nurses, doctors, pharmacists, and caseworkers and everybody else who touches the patient. So that there's a series of toll gates that, that the patient goes through and at each toll gate uh, stop point, which is just a stop point to say, are we actually, you know, doing all the things we need to do? Those quality performance uh, indicators 
and guidelines are embedded in each one of those toll gates. So when we follow the standard work process through those toll gates to take care of the pneumonia patient, every single thing that needs to be done to create a 100% reliable outcome for that pneumonia patient is done. And that's what's missing in almost every hospital in America today is that that sort of rigor applied to the daily standard work of caring for patients. And I think that's, um, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, yeah, we, we need continuous improvement, but we can't have continuous improvement until we have standard work in place. Yeah, and, and that standard work of and not just how to do proper hand hygiene practices, but how to make sure people have time for it. Um, you know, I'm sure there's, I know there are all kinds of technology solutions. People say, well, we need to spend a lot of money to install cameras. We can catch people not washing their hands, but there's, there's a lot of other ways of addressing even just to that specific issue. How, how do we have standard work and, 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 and leadership and problem solving? Those are the types of things that um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you, you think would show more promise in throwing lots of technology at that problem. Yeah, so I mean, you know, part of the management system of lean is to understand is standard work actually being followed. And when we actually go in and, and, and look, whether it's hand washing or timeouts in the OR or, you know, pneumonia care, what we find in most places is that, first of all, there is no standard work. If there is standard work, it's not being followed. And many of the times it's not being followed is because the standard work is wrong. So, you know, when we really peel back the onion and do the, the necessary auditing of, of standard work processes, we can figure this out. And that's really part of a system, a management system, which is part of, you know, the overall methodology of lean that's required to actually assure that reliability, um, that, 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 that we're going to deliver reliable results. So this is management by process. But you have to have the processes in place. You have to have the Kamishi buyer, the audit process in place. You have to have the daily defect huddles in place. You have to have all of these different components of the management system uh, supported. <clears throat> and, and if if you're going to, uh, you know, build a system based on standard work and and then improve the, you know, improve that standard work. Right, and the, and the things you're talking about there, and with the other innovations through Lean at, at ThetaCare with collaborative care and other approaches, uh, it seems like there there is quite a clinical aspect to improvement. You know, looking at you know, the IOM report, they break down that $750 billion uh, into a number of buckets. Uh, you know, the, I think they call it an operational inefficiency bucket was about $150 billion. And I think people would maybe most readily associate Lean with that, you know, preventing errors, reducing wasted uh, medications, um, you know, excessive labor costs, things like that. But then there was also a bucket of about similar size of unnecessary care. Um, can, can you kind of elaborate on, on that and maybe the ways that are less obvious to people of how lean is making a difference and also making sure that we don't do the wrong things more efficiently through lean, for example? Yeah, that report, the, the $750 billion actually came from a, another committee that I sat on with Rick Gilfillan, who's the uh, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation Director. He and I, uh, before he took that job, uh, were on another IOM subcommittee that uh, that actually produced that report. So um, uh, the $150 billion or so, uh, we've, we believe in, uh, in operation 
inefficiencies are related to uh, the error rates, the problems associated with uh, uh, delivering poor care, and also unnecessary care. So again, if we go back to these evidence, if we go back to the evidence, we know that there are certain things based on rigorous scientific studies that actually work when we're delivering care to patients. The question is, how do we embed that, that evidence into our daily work and make it work every time? And that really gets back to uh, a, you, you need to have a system that is, enables that to occur, and that's really the lean management system. But it really gets back to standard work again. I, I, I hate to keep harping on this, but the, but the reality is that those things that we know work in most organizations are not embedded into the daily work of the organizations. So the question for the leaders of those organizations is, what is the system that you're going to apply that, to make that happen? Because you can say, well, you know, the, the, the staff just don't get it. The nurses just don't know how to do it, you know, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can blame and shame. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can actually look at yourself and say, you know what, who's in charge of the system? Guess what? I am. And what am I doing to create the processes, again, management by process, that makes sure that 100% of the time we follow the evidence for patients with pneumonia? And it's it has to be embedded into the standard work of every caregiver, you know, in every department as to um, delivering that consistent care each time. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, Mark, as you know, I mean, most people don't even understand what their existing state of care delivery is. They haven't mapped it out. They don't understand the steps. They don't understand where the defects are. Uh, and so the first step is to just understand what your baseline is by mapping out your existing care process and understanding, you know, where it's failing and uh, whether it's, you know, you know, is it failing because people are falling all the time and hitting their heads uh, on the floor? Is it, you know, is it, is it failing because we're giving them the wrong medications every day? You know, where is the system failing? And then, you know, what is your existing process to, to understand that? That is not a technology tool. That is simply a different way of thinking about delivering care. And it starts with understanding how you're actually performing to begin with. So a lot of those, that $150 billion comes from the lack of understanding of that, uh, of those baseline care processes, let alone any standard work to improve them. Yeah, and I think you know, it might be surprising to, to folks who aren't working in healthcare. Um, you know, I, I was at an unnamed hospital a couple of weeks ago in the emergency department, and you know, everybody there had the right clinical credentials. They knew what to do um, you know, from a from a medical standpoint, and and very quickly the team came to the realization. I didn't have to tell them this. They discovered. They said, "Well, you know what? You know, we don't have standard work for how we discharge a patient from the ED." And we step back and say, "Well." That's getting to some of the root causes of why length of stay, you know, was so long. And it's just, you know, it's still, for me, still sometimes it's, you know, it's still sometimes surprising, you know, to see where there's just, you know, there's so much focus on technical aspects of work and, and, and people just haven't taken the time to step back and see how that system works, yet alone manage it. So it's, um, We have some of the brightest and most well-educated mm -hmm. people in this industry of any industry, yeah. but We've never been trained on how to 
understand how to improve things. And uh, so we have a lot of project mentality. We have a lot, okay, we're going to do this little project over here, but then we don't actually study and act on it. We just plan and do, and then we ne never really know whether it made any difference, and then we're on to something else. So, you know, we really need this rigor of plan, do, study, act uh, applied to uh, standard work in order to understand, you know, how do we get that patient discharged in a reliable, 100% reliable way every time, defect-free. And, uh, you know, that's really what's missing uh, in, in, in the industry and, quite frankly, in the training. I mean, you know, we can, we can teach you how to take a com complicated brain tumor out of somebody's head, but we can't figure out how to, you know, uh, take care of the patient in the ICU in a way that they don't get an infection. Yeah, and and people, you're you're right. You know, they have people incredibly smart. I, you know, I would add they're incredibly caring and, and well intended. But you know, you can't fault people for uh, for what they haven't been taught. So hopefully, things like this IOM, IOM report help highlight those issues. And one other thing, I wanted to delve into a little bit. You know, when I when I got the report, and, and to people listening, I'll, I'll post a link if you go to the uh, the blog post page for this episode. The IOM report, uh, you know, it's four hundred some pages. You can get a free. PDF download. You can order a printed copy, but you know, I downloaded the PDF, and one of the first things I did was uh, do a search, electronic search for the word lean, and the word lean actually pops up um, quite often in the report. I was happy to see, you know, I've got, you know your name. Uh, the the reviewers included, uh, you know, great lean healthcare leaders like Dr. Gary Kaplan from Virginia Mason, uh, Steve Spear from MIT, um, yourself, Dr. Brent James from Intermountain Healthcare. Um, so it's great to see you know, that perspective being embraced. What, what were some of the, uh, can, you, can you summarize some of the specific lean thoughts or ideas or there, there were case studies that were presented in the report? Well, I think they used, uh, one of them was Kim Barnes's work uh, at DataCare uh, on the lean management system, uh, an article that uh, she published in the uh, uh, Joint Commission Journal of, uh, of Quality and Patient Safety last year. And, you know, I think that, you know, highlighting that sort of thing, which is, hey, folks, this isn't just a series of tools. There's a system involved here. And that system is the underpinning of understanding how to transform your entire organization, not just do a project-by-project -project, uh, improvement uh, activity. And so I think that that's, you know, they, they clearly, um, you know, and Mark Smith has been here and I've, you know, have had lots of good interactions with him. Um, you know, clearly they understand that this is a system and a cultural transformation and to use the example of, of the lean management system, uh, you know, as one of their, one of their highlighting, highlighted areas means to me that they, they understand that. And I think that's, an important thing because, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking to CEOs and senior executives and physicians, and like you said earlier, I mean, if 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 they've done, um, uh, you know, two kaizans in a year and a value stream map, they're doing lean, and we know that's crazy. I mean, this is a this is a commitment to changing behavior, changing the culture of an organization and focusing on getting 100% of your workforce uh, learning how to identify and solve problems real-time in the work. 
that doesn't just happen uh, by some magic. You have to create a system, a management by process system that uh, begins to get people to think differently uh, every day that they come into work. And so I think the the management system example was to me, uh, you know, when they when they got put that in there, that meant that they really got it. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's great. Where if, if healthcare leaders or, or you know, medical leaders are reading the IOM report and they haven't heard a lot about lean, then that's uh, you're right. That's a, a great message. Um, Kim Barnes's article is uh, is outstanding, and uh, we'll see if that's um, available to folks as well. Um, maybe the last thing to touch on. Um, you, you, talked earlier you know, about something that's, I think, a goal, at least a stated goal of a lot of organizations, um, this idea of a culture of continuous improvement. It's, it's tougher to make that a reality sometimes, it seems. But um, can you talk a little bit about the connections between you know, continuous improvement and what the IOM report refers to as continuous learning and, and how you see those going hand in hand and what that means in practice? Well, I, you know, quite frankly, I think it's a little wishy-washy <laughs> in, in in this report. And I, and I, what I wanted to see was that you know, uh, more of sort of the uh, the, the 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 Deming approach of uh, okay, let's understand, stabilize, standardize, improve. So a little bit more of uh, can we. Can we understand first of all what we mean by continuous improvement? What's the definition? And um, you know, I think that that's that's a little unclear uh, here. And uh, so continuous learning is great, but what does that really mean? Um, I think that continuous improvement is is you know it's pretty clear if you but but you have to understand how to improve something and you have to understand you know the use of plan do study act cycles and standard work and you know uh, those sorts of of, of, um, of concepts I'm not sure it's perfectly clear in, in the in fact I know it's not perfectly clear in the report about how to actually do that so I mean I, I think that what they're getting at is Building a continuous improvement culture using these principles that Deming eloquently outlined, um, but it's it's not it's not perfectly clear. Sure. Well, and you know, one one other thing I highlighted here in the report, it says you know the the system, I guess, meaning like you know, nationally uh, or internationally even, the, the system needs to learn more rapidly, digest what does and doesn't work, spread that knowledge in ways that can be. Uh, adapted and adopted. Um, I mean, uh, as, as we wrap up here, I mean that sounds exactly uh, the mission of the Healthcare Value Network and the things that the uh, the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value is doing. Um, if you kind of recap, you know, if people haven't heard about those initiatives, some of the things you're doing to help um, spread what works, lessons learned, and and make sure people aren't copying. Because I think it's important, you know, as, as it says here, adopt and adapt. Um, if, you, if you can just kind of share uh, a summary of, of some of the latest results you're seeing in, in those collaboration efforts. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, our hypothesis is that adults learn uh, by um, being exposed to other of their peers and, uh, and actually going and seeing what, what, their, what their peers are doing. 
Uh, we've certainly learned that if you've seen one lean transformation, you've seen one lean transformation. So each organization takes a different approach. Obviously, the Shingo um, model is the one that we espouse in terms of what are the core components of a lean transformation. But the Healthcare Value Network is a, or, uh, is, a, is a group of organizations that have decided to come together to learn from each other, and so we take them to each other's sites for two-day learning sessions, which are not in conference rooms. They're actually at the Gimba, so they're out in the emergency room, and they're in the ICU, and they're in the clinic. And so each organization gets to see how one of their, you know, um, sets of colleagues are actually applying these lean principles to transforming their organization. And we're doing a lot of these visits each year now, and we get tremendously positive feedback from the people that uh, that go to see these organizations. Uh, if you go to my website, which is uh, uh, www.createvalue.org, uh, you can uh, click on and look at who's part of the network now. We have some 57, I think, organizations and growing uh, that have really committed to, to, to making these changes. Uh, and so they're they're learning uh, from each other, and I think that's you know that's that's one of the best ways to do this uh, to to spread it is to just go see. Um, and then you know we're at the center. We're doing a lot of uh, of, of, of of training programs, uh, learning programs. Uh, we're actually teaching the business performance system or the lean management system here at Data Care now uh, to other organizations. We have a series of other workshops, including. Um, Lean 101 that uh, you're going to help us with, Mark, and we're also doing a Lean IT uh, uh, program uh, so that, you know, how would you design your your expensive technology to support continuous improvement? Uh, and we're going to be unveiling a whole series of other uh, initiatives within the next year that have to do with leadership training and uh, physician standard work training and uh, other things. So, So we're trying to listen to our customer of, you know, our customers basically those organizations that are trying to do this and they're telling us we need, you know, these five things and then we're going out and trying to build that uh, with, you know, either network members as our teachers or Theta Care executives as our teachers or, you know, experts like, like you and others. Yeah, well, well, thank you for um, sharing what, what's going on, some of the latest things. Uh, we definitely encourage people to go to createvalue.org. Uh, I'm happy to be working with, uh, with you and the Theta Care Center um, on that workshop that's coming up in um, December. So I'll, uh, I'll post a link to that and links to some of the other things, uh, the Business Intelligence Summit and some of the other new things that are happening. So um, John Toussaint from uh, the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value. Um, thanks for sharing your insights and taking time with us today. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.